KSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado. You're listening to the Colorado Sports Guide. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Nate Timmons and Ross Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me, Ross Martin. What up, Nate Timmons? Dude, uh... People of the interwebs, what's going on? First time I've heard that intro, and I love it, man. That that's, was great. That's Renee, man. That's our new uh, car sports intern. Oh, is she from the Lost Boys? She did good, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I like nice it. Nice pipes. <laughs> yeah. Killer pipes, and I don't know how she did that crowd noise, but that was pretty sweet. <laughs> Episode number 51. Man. Ha- happy birthday, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Dude, uh, it's... July 24th, we recorded our first episode on July 19th of last year, I believe. July 19th or 18th. Yeah. So, yeah, this brings it uh, to one year, eh? One year, man. 51, that's pretty good. Remember uh, John Mobley, like to drink and drive, former Bronco. <laughs> 451, so that's good. We got so that going for us. Let's go drinking and driving tonight. <laughs> Today, we have a lot to talk about, but before we get into... All of that. Remember to like us on Facebook. Email us, show at coloradosportsguys.com. Have a funny story in a few minutes about that email address. Follow us on Twitter at COLO Sports Guys. Call us and leave a message, 720-722-1274. What's that number again, Ross? 720-722-1274. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the podcast if we feel like it. We're available on Stitcher, iTunes, and at www.coloradosportsguys.com, you can find links to all of the aforementioned stuff, including a link to our new sponsor, scorebig.com. Scorebig. Have, have you heard of scorebig.com, Nate Timmons? I have heard of scorebig.com, Ross Martin. Did you know that 40% of live event tickets go unsold each year? No, that sounds like quite a lot of tickets. It is, and ScoreBig works directly with the box office and other ticket providers to sell these tickets. Every ticket on ScoreBig.com is guaranteed to be between 10 and 60% below retail price, authentic and delivered to you in advance of the event. So go to ScoreBig.com, click the uh, listener code button, and type in CSG. And then that way, we get money. Oh, really? So... They don't really get any more benefit. Well, from that. they will. That's a good. They're question. getting the savings. No, though. that's a good question. They will get ten percent off their first purchase in addition to whatever discount was on there, and they got every sport. They not only just sports, but live events like concerts and so forth. So, uh, uh, it got time, Timmons, where we just we had to bring somebody on to help us out, and uh, we're not about to start charging for the podcast, but it's been going great. It's a year in, and people are listening. So go to scorebig.com and enter in the promo code CSG. There's a little button there for a listener promo code. And also, you can go to colorsportsguys.com and click the link directly there. It will get you set up. Great, great thing. I've used it myself. I will say it's awesome. Yeah. Scorebig. So, so yeah, scorebig.com. Thanks a lot. Those guys are uh, pretty new company, but they've, uh, they're, they're doing pretty good. So uh, awesome. So, Timmons, what's up with you, man? How you doing? Dude got an opportunity last week to play in a playoff softball game were you a ringer it sounds like you were a ringer that they brought in yeah i got called in uh for my pitching skills <laughs> i ran about uh three years worth of softball teams in the aurora area and was it just aurora yeah we just played in aurora uh i pitched on those three teams primarily um developed a pretty nasty it's like a sidestep curveball type thing wow but i had forgotten how to do that this one was just uh i was just trying not to um embarrass myself just trying to throw strikes did you wear a face mask no no although i do have beautiful dental work so it would be a shame if i got crushed but i also have cat-like reflexes i have uh, pitched a game of slow pitch softball a time or two in my life and i've had a few very close calls and i learned as soon as that ball leaves your hand you got to take four or five steps back do you prescribed to that yeah i typically like to do a i do like maybe a step back and then get kind of ready and then i also i step back to the left i don't know why but that's kind of been my natural natural thing yeah well but, if it's a right-handed batter maybe it puts you a little bit out of harm's way 
Yeah, I think so. Because usually if they're going to hit it back at you, it's coming straight back at you. Or it's going to go just to the right of you, like towards shortstop. Yeah. It's usually where it goes. But so anything, how'd you pitch? I did great, man. Uh, threw a decent game, threw a lot of strikes. The team seemed pleasantly surprised that they weren't giving up a lot of walks. So that was good. Uh, got the It was a co-ed, so I got the girls on the other team to swing at a bunch of pitches. Uh, this one girl got out the first two times. She didn't swing once. I walked her the first time, struck her out the second time. I don't know why you pay and don't play, but that's always been kind of a weird thing. Yeah. But it had the uh, – it was the – Wait. S- Excuse me. Is this a co-ed playoff softball? That's what I just said, yeah. Co-ed. Okay. So. I knew you said – I was just making sure. So there was the home plate and the behind home plate was that extension, that like orange – you know, kind of it fits the mold of back of home plate where it has that weird triangle Yeah, and you got to hit the pad. Yeah, and, you got to hit, hit it. That's, that's a strike. strike. Yeah. yeah. So um, never really had that because we didn't have that in competitive leagues in Aurora. That was not guys decomp, teams. right? Is that what it is? Decomp? I don't know. Yeah, whatever it was. But <laughs> it was fun, dude. We uh, we didn't win. We lost 12 to 10. Um, I'd like to blame my fielders for most of that. There was a, quite a few errors at shortstop and third base. We had one particular play where there was runners on first and second. So, you know, before the play sets up, you kind of tell everybody, hey, plays at third base, second base after that, whatever. Um, so this dude just crushes it to shortstop. He picks it up, and there's a girl on second, and she kind of wanders off the base. This guy could have conceivably tagged her, stepped on second, thrown to first, and recorded a, a triple low play. triple, right? Yeah, would have been magical, and it was sitting there waiting for him. Instead, he grabs the ball, looks at the runner, kind of shakes, and then launches the ball over the first baseman's head, which was my buddy Rory, who's been on this podcast before. So instead of a triple play, he actually wound up costing uh, a bases loaded trip, and I think the next guy up may have hit like a double or something. So it was like, fantastic. It's a shame. Good job, guy. It's a shame, man. So I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but it got the got the uh, the competitive juices flowing once again. So I want to perhaps either set up another softball team or just jump onto another team uh, next fall. Softball hey, be my fall preference. League's coming up, man. It is fall league. But I'm gonna go if I'm gonna rank them. Softball is gonna be number one. Uh, if I can't get on a softball team, I'd consider kickball. I am pretty awesome at kickball. Might even be better at kickball than softball. But as is everyone. Yeah, I've played well, in. I wouldn't say that. Wrong. I've played in kickball leagues where the guys are required to kick left-footed oh, yeah. or opposite crush. of whatever their primary foot is. Yeah, and then the gals get to kick with their primary foot, and that's no fun at all. No, it's just like outs out. Like this final score is like four to two. It's like it's a just, I don't, like a defensive it's just not fun. I don't want to go up and kick with my left foot. Yeah, I want to crush something. I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> my left foot? Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, my buddy told me that in his, his kickball league out at City Park, um, you're required to uh, – and when you're in the field, you're required to hold a beer in one of your hands. I've played that before too. Yeah. That sounds fun. He said there's one guy on his team that can't get over the concept of trying to catch a fly ball without two hands, so every time he does it, he throws <laughs> beer in his face. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's Rory, isn't it? No, no, it isn't. I wish it was, but it's not. Rory, by the way, phenomenal, phenomenal hitter. I believe that. That guy, he He's doesn't a baseball even baseball guy. He doesn't try to hit homers. He doesn't try to hit extra base hits. He just gets on base. Low and hard, baby. Low and hard. That's all he does. That's what my gym teacher used to tell me back in high school. Was that in the he showers? He wasn't talking or? about softball, but <laughs> that wasn't in the showers either, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, oh no, Penn State. Penn State University. Um, before we talk about that, I kept hearing about – before we talk about the Penn State sanctions and all that, which we won't talk about in depth. I'm going to sanction it with my army. <laughs> right. I, I kept hearing about this potential for Penn State to get the quote-unquote death penalty. And to be honest, you know, I've heard about this before. I think – uh, SMU may have gotten it. Maybe did Texas get the death penalty? No, they didn't get it. SMU, uh, man, I don't know. But been some other ones. I was I always thought the death penalty was the death penalty, meaning that you lose your football team. Yeah, that would be the, <laughs> and, uh, the death is when something leaves and never comes back. Correct. Yeah. Now I found out that, that the death penalty for college football is a one year suspension, meaning you don't get a football team for one year. You should call it like the zombie penalty. You know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of some episode of The Simpsons where comic book guy was 
pissed off at Bart or something, and he was like, you now have a lifetime ban for one week. Ah, yeah, from the comic <laughs> yeah. store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, really? That's a, that's what they call the death sentence? Yeah. And that is the most uh, hyperbole or exaggeration I've ever heard. It's that's, there's no, that's not a death sentence. What Penn State got, however, may have been a death sentence. Because yeah. whatever they got, they don't call it that, but it's way worse, way worse. And I, it makes no sense to me. To me, the punishment does not fit the crime. And I don't know what your opinion on this is, but they got a $60 million fine. My first thought was, well, that makes sense. The NCAA, as hip, you know, hypocritical as they are, is like, well, we'll just get $60 million out of them. Evidently, it's going to, uh, quote, unquote, endowment for programs preventing sexual abuse or assisting victims of sexual abuse. Uh, that sounds fine, except I know what that means. That means somebody's getting paid. Somebody's going to start a nonprofit. They're going to go collect that money. The, the human fund? The executive direct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's bogus. $60 million. That is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Um, Four-year postseason ban. Four years. By the way, this isn't a death sentence because they get to still have a football team during that, but they can't go to any bowls during those four years. The other big thing, they eliminated all the victories for Penn State football from 1998 to 2011. Yeah. That's significant because there was a lot of victories in there, and now Joe Paterno is no longer – the leading yeah, he went guy. from number one to number eight, and Bobby Bowden, the Florida State coach, who has you know been disgraced himself, he's been having he's had games taken away from him. I think it's like twelve games, but yeah, he's back to number one, or he is number one. So it's kind of strange. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Fine, lifetime or excuse me, sixty million dollar fine. I get it. Whatever. Uh, Four year postseason ban. Okay, fine. Sounds, you know, whatever. I guess I don't know how they came up with this. It, you know, clearly the NCAA doesn't answer to anybody. Clearly the, the NCAA doesn't care about players or, or whatever. Um, but let's talk about these uh, these wins that they get taken off of there. What do you, what's, what's your opinion on that? I, I don't know. I, I watched the reaction of the – they had like a – a camera and some like student lounge or something like that. And they're, we're watching Penn state students faces reactions to the NCAA, whoever reading this stuff off. And, you know, it's like these, there's one girl that's kind of like looks astonished. And then on like some of the ones that I think she didn't quite understand what it meant. I like <laughs> the loss of scholarships. I think they went from like, I think you get 25 a year and they're down to like 15 a year or something like that. I want to talk about that in a second too. Yeah. So this girl like kind of looks over and her, she looks completely astonished kind of but she's kind of waiting to see like what the reaction is of some other people and there's like a guy like puts his hand in his head you know and then she really lets on that she's upset you know like oh he's really mad that's gonna make oh now i know yeah, that is big like oh man and i don't know the the lo- losing games i don't what does that really mean i remember they took away the win from the fab five of michigan and it's like they did you know yeah i, I didn't know that because of the whole great like, chris weber making close to three hundred thousand dollars and he was there or something like that I didn't realize that. But, yeah, you know, some people will catch on to it. This, of course, was such a big story. But the Fab Five thing was big at that time, too. It was all over ESPN. But, you know, that was, what, maybe five years ago now? And you're like, oh, I didn't even know about that. So it's going to be a lot of people that are unaffected by it or forget about it. Or people like me with the Fab Five where, yeah, I guess you took them away. But I saw those games be played, you know. And The one thing I don't understand or one of the things I don't understand about taking away wins – uh, in hindsight and, and, you know, retroactively eliminating these victories, what, what does that accomplish for one? And I guess it gets uh, Joe Paterno off that list so we don't have to keep hearing his name every time somebody's approaching that record. Yeah, you'll just hear and, when they pass we don't want to glorify him that. But what does that do then for competition, right? Every game that they played and won, they won. Now, I'm curious, does that mean they go back and change the books to say whoever Penn State beat, the other team gets the win, or does that win just disappear? 
Yeah, or do they change the score? Like when they beat Michigan like 45 to 35, is it now 35 to nothing? Yeah, I'm curious about that. That is and, kind of interesting. And, and what purpose does that serve? I mean, again, maybe you could take him away from Joe Paterno. Maybe you can eliminate him from NCAA record books if that's what you want to do. But uh, taking these wins away, taking these victories away because of something that didn't help contribute to the victories, I don't understand. And there's going to be former players that you know have their bull rings from those seasons or whatever, and they're going to keep Obviously, they keep those, and yeah, they they were there, and I don't get it either. It's just kind of more of a, like you said, I think the only good point of that is, yeah, Paterno's no longer number one, so that gets him out of that limelight there, but he's not even on earth anymore to really have it affect him, so I don't know. I don't know what that accomplishes, but... I hate the NCAA so much. To me, you know what the proper punishment should be? It should be firing, of course, every single person that was in authority for yes. the athletic department, the football department, uh, any higher ups and non athletic roles Anybody at that tied school, to it. including everybody that was on the NCAA board, all of those people, because the NCAA benefited from that fanaticism, from that, from Joe Paterno for all those years, and they aren't going to have to give back all the money that the NCAA made from. TV contracts or anything like that, they, they, they don't have to give that back. And these people that are um, involved in making these decisions on these sanctions, they're just like, what, they, they just fly under the radar? Like, they didn't have anything to do with this? Are you, I mean, the way this has been discussed as far as the implications of Sandusky's horrific crimes on the culture surrounding college sports was fostered in part by these people who are running the NCAA – I mean, you you can't blame you can't blame everybody but yourself if you're the NCAA, and I don't understand why they have this power to do that. And I and I can't stand the fact that the NCAA is profiting so much on this stuff. And it's it's like a big swimming pool, you know, that has a bunch of leaves in it, and you take the little, you know, whatever that thing is, the with the net on there, and you take out a few of the leaves, you know, and then you're like, okay, pool's ready, and it's like, well, there's still all these leaves and all this crap in there. It's like we need to actually clean it up. It's right. like, well, it's clean enough. Yeah, it's not. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's still dirty. It's still a mess, and it's it's never going to be fixed. The NCAA is crooked. The thing at Penn State, like you said, man, just get rid of everybody that had any link to that at all. Yes, get rid of them, fire them, disgrace them, remove them from record books. But what they're doing now is essentially punishing the hundreds of thousands of students that are going to be going to that school for the next 10 years, maybe, if not longer, and they're going to be taking, okay, like you said, from 25 down to 15 scholarships, okay? Um, so now what? Students aren't going to get scholarships because of this? Yeah. You know, like isn't the point of going to college, even if you're an athlete, isn't the point to get an education? Don't they have those commercials on during March Madness every year that 90% of all college athletes will be doing something other than their sport after they get out of college? Yeah. And now you're going to be taking away the uh, the – you know, in a sense, a lot of scholarships, not just the 10 from the football team, but all of those other teams on that campus that are subsidized by the football program are going to uh, be hurting because of this. And it's like they're they're seriously punishing students that haven't had nothing to do with this. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. Like, what about a kid that, you know, grew up in Pennsylvania, has been a Penn State fan since he was, you know, able to watch football with his mom or dad or whoever? And, yeah, his dream has been to play for Penn State, whatever, and he still wants to, and that scholarship's not there. Yeah, and what if he you know, was going to go on to be a doctor or something? Yeah, I'd agree with you. That's pretty dumb. I it's, didn't really think about it because I was like, yeah, that's probably good because that will hurt the football program. Oh, but. and then think about the community around Penn State. There's an entire economy surrounding a region of this country based on that football program. Yeah, and it's not like the fans knew about this and were like, okay, yeah, let's all keep it quiet too. Right. However, I do – I mean, there is some fault to be said, I think, for that culture. And to be honest with you, I always found it a little bit weird, their love for that guy. Yeah, but, I mean, that was the thing was he was the ultimate – you know, honest, clean dude, and he never had any really crazy stories come about. He was never like, you know, I don't, I don't remember anything about him like ever, you know, hurting a player or, you know, locking a guy in a closet like that dude at Texas Tech did or whatever. You know, I mean, you didn't hear anything nutty about Joe Paterno. It was always just like, you know, like your grandpa on the sidelines, and it's like, yeah, I want my kid to play for him. Well, that's the thing, and that's kind of what is should, people should learn from this: is that the men that we put upon the highest pedestals 
are always the ones that are going to end up letting you down. This is pretty extreme. Yeah, but why should we have to have that feeling? Like, why can't we be able to depend on people? And well, you just can, because... but... All right, let me tell you a story. So my... <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell the story. <laughs> but, uh, so my wife's uh, cousin got married um, to a guy who went to Penn State. They won't, both went to Penn State. During the wedding ceremony, there was a life-sized cardboard cutout of Joe Paterno in, like, all the wedding photos... Okay. And then like they just let's go. Where's Joe Pa? Go bring him in here, right? And I, always, I thought that was weird. I mean, that <laughs> yeah, dude, that's weird. that's way weird. <laughs> and and I, mean, I like the that's... nuggets, but I'm not going to have a <laughs> Rocky at my wedding, you know. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> it's one of those things that is the reason why Joe Paterno couldn't or wouldn't say anything is because there was. All that much to lose. And I know he probably spent the last 10 years or 12 years or I guess 14 years since Sandusky was first spotted and known to be doing that stuff just living with this, you know, guilt of hiding it. I don't believe Joe Paterno's a bad guy, but I think that he was caught up into it and he was bigger himself than like he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't be taken down because of the damage it would do to the community yet in the end the damage was 10 times worse and i, and I think it wound up it killed him too i mean you can't oh absolutely you know that having that stress and this and that had to have i don't i don't know i'm kind of weird in my beliefs but i it's mean not, that had to have given him cancer just that stress and those bad feelings and i don't know absolutely it's crazy yeah and again i mean it's not like we're trying to avoid the com you know the conversation of the victims the you know sandusky's victims i mean that's not, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep it more around what NCAA does and how hypocritical it is. Yeah, and I, I think in you a made way, it. in a way, they're doing the same thing. They're just kind of sweeping it under the rug by, and just by the very nature of their punishments, which sound good to the normal person walking around who just doesn't really follow sports or college football. They say, "Oh well, good. I'm glad Penn State's evil. They should, they should uh, get everything." That you know, they, yeah, sixty million dollars. That's good. Get him out. Kick him. But but in truth, that that punishment doesn't really fit the crime. You know, for me, I, I just I never gravitate towards stories like this, and it's just something I don't really want to like know too much about. I don't know why. You know, I just don't. I never got to. I never got into the big details about. You know, of course, you hear it about everything that happened because how could you not if you followed sports? But I don't. I don't know. Like you made. I thought you made a great point though, and you know, just clean house. Like anybody that had any kind of linked to this should just be gone. I don't know if that happened or not. I don't know if like the president or whoever those are still there that were there, but they should her as hell shouldn't be. But the NCAA never takes blame for anything because they're the ones doling out the punishments. I'm talking and, about president of Penn State. Like whoever oh, knew yeah, about I it think from the Penn gone. State, like who like anybody that was related to that should be gone. I don't know about NCAA like if they would have known about it, but I do think that yeah, the NCAA is definitely crooked and it's a pretty despicable organization. It's so <laughs> despicable. And they're never – nobody can ever say anything to them because they hold this ultimate power over it. That's why, like, I have friends that are big into college sports and they're like, oh, it's so much better and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you don't like pro sports for X or Y or Z, but you follow the college that's dominated by the NCAA that's just, like, so crooked and blah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's always kind of turned me off about college sports. Yeah, it's like not only is it just as crooked as pros, but the – players aren't as good yeah <laughs> they're, they, not as talented. they're not as talented and they don't pay them they have to get paid under the table you know which know. is another thing when you hear about guys or schools losing victories because of guys that were getting paid under the table i mean that is absurd that's well, absurd yeah. yeah who was it uh couldn't you quickly clean up college though if you just you know went and looked at all the cars that college kids were driving and then determined oh okay well there's no way that you could afford a you know a hummer sorry son you know yeah. I mean, yeah. Or they so should just give them a Hummer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the real thing is these kids should be made. They should have some sort of compensation. Yeah, or just loan them one. I guess a free education's you know not too bad. Yeah, a free education <laughs> is worth you know at Harvard it's maybe worth a hundred and fifty grand. At Penn State, you know maybe fifty. Yeah, you know fifty thousand dollars compared to the amount of money they're bringing in is. 
I mean, it doesn't even come close to, it doesn't add up on both sides, you yeah. know, and especially uh, whatever. And I wouldn't have been too sad to see Penn State football go because I've always hated Penn State. So. <laughs> They're stupid yeah. white helmets. My buddy Mike was a huge Penn State fan growing up, and I was just like, why do you like them? Like, they're <laughs> terrible. So I've always hated Penn State. So, you know, them losing their football team wouldn't have been too bad for me. But the oh, whole I, thing was just awful. I agree. I don't like Penn State either. But uh, whatever. NCAA, not going away. They're going to be corrupt as ever, forever. So on that note, let me say something. <laughs> every, every week we start off the show with email us, show at coloradosportsguys.com. Indeed. And, uh, you know, we don't really, we've gotten basically zero. Zero emails. Well, we did the email show where we got a ton of emails. That's true. But, and that's what I want to talk about because I have made some changes to my, the way our email works here. Okay. And... I thought that these emails were being forwarded to my personal email account, right? Yeah, you do have that sense? set up that way. Yeah, because so you I have your CSG up. sent to Gmail. Yeah, so my Colorado Sports Guys, you know, show at coloradosportsguys.com. I thought, and it was for a while, being forwarded to my personal Gmail account. And I wondered why <laughs> we just were getting emails coming in. And, of course, you know, for six months or so, it slowly started building up. And then all of a sudden – Nothing. Radio silence. And uh, I was like, oh, just people just don't want to. The same reason why people don't like our Facebook page. <laughs> so yesterday I went and logged in. You logged into the actual The account. actual interface for our Colorado Sports Guys email. Okay. About 150 emails. Nice. How many of those were uh, asking for bank information <laughs> from well, Nigeria? I didn't go through, probably a dozen or so. But anyway, so we have some catch-up. And I, f I feel stupid because I went back and I looked, and when I had made some changes, because I went from one hosting provider to another and didn't update the SMTP and IMAP settings. Is that interesting? No, I have no idea no, what no. you just said. So anyway, we have some emails. Nice. Um, I'm going to read three. Uh, one of them, and that's unfortunate because there were a lot of good ones over the months. So maybe we'll dig them up and start going through them. I only just read a few that kind of caught my eye. Um, yesterday. First one I want to read. This is from way back on June 21st from Daniel. Subject, all caps, I hate the heat. <laughs> I'm like, I hate the heat too. It's been too damn hot. Yeah. But then well, I opened yeah. it up. Hate LeBron even more. That's all he said. That's it. <laughs> and I, June 21st. Uh, what was that the date? I'm guessing that was the date the Heat won the uh, the championship. Yeah, it had to be. It had right? to have been around there. So Daniel, I feel your pain. Uh, June seventh. Here we go. This one was important to me. This is the most I read through most of the subject lines. I didn't really go into them very much. I got to say for that one though, for Daniel, I hate the Thunder more. Oh, so I didn't mind seeing the Heat win. Okay, there you go. I I hate them both. I hate them both so much. I think <laughs> I hate the Heat more. Yeah. I, I think it's because of – I think I agree with Daniel, LeBron, and Dwayne Wade and all those guys. I hate them. I hate Wade a lot more than I hate LeBron. Hate this is just them. sports hate too, but – hate them. <laughs> anyway, June – so, Daniel, thanks for emailing. Uh, sorry for our delayed response. I will go back and respond to everybody that emailed us just in there, just being like, oops, sorry, should have got this earlier. But I believe anyway. I know Daniel too. Uh, we talk on Twitter. Oh, you do? Quite cool. a bit. Awesome. Daniel, thank you. Uh, subject, uh, June 7th, uh, subject, Chicago, na Chicago native chimes in on pizza. <laughs> you had a feeling that your pizza thing would have to get some sort of comment. Hey, guys. This is what, uh, this is what he says. His name is uh, uh, Brandon. Hey, guys. I'm from Chicago. Excuse me. <clears throat> hey, guys. I'm from Chicago. I'm from the Chicago area and started visiting Colorado when my brother started going to see you about 10 years ago. Why do they always have to go to see you from out of state? <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. Do you really want me to answer that? Keep going, Brandon. <laughs> is it because they couldn't get into mines? <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Well, when people write in and say they're from you know, Cody, Wyoming, they'll probably go to CSU if that's what you're looking Well, I was here Boulder. Like, every time you hear an out-of-state kid going to Boulder, it's typically East Coast or California. And yeah. one of their top five reasons is probably marijuana. Well, sure. Yes. Yeah. 
I think that's a valid reason to choose that school. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, all right, from Brand Chicago native chimes in on Pizza Bay. Hey guys, I'm from Chicago area, from the Chicago area, and started visiting Colorado when my brother started going to see you about ten years ago. I followed him out here and decided to stay. I'm not a huge Denver sports fan, but I have become a huge Nuggets fan. Yeah, still love my Cubbies and Bears. I wanted to respond to your guys' comments about Chicagoans. Is that really how it is? Chicagoans? Chicagoans? Chicagoites? Chicagoans. Chicago. <laughs> yes. Chicagoans moving to Denver and complaining about everything. I have to say that I agree on most everything you say. Okay. But I hate to break it to you. The pizza thing is true. <laughs> you hate to break it to me. Like, I've been lying to myself. Okay. I have to say that I agree on almost everything you say, but I hate to break it to you. The pizza thing is true. You just can't get good pizza here. I will admit that there is one exception, Bojo's. Other than that, it's terrible. I don't know what it is, but if you've ever had pizza in Chicago, you'd know what I mean. Hate to break it to you, he says again. I don't know if you forgot he already said that. <laughs> anyway, I'll keep listening up until I'm guessing you start talking about the donkeys, but I'll put, I'll pick it back up come basketball season later, Brandon. Brandon, thank you very much for listening. Um, we are going to probably start talking about the Broncos pretty heavily next week. I'm guessing Brandon probably dumped the Bulls after the Jordan era, and then, <laughs> you know, a- went homeless for an NBA team and found the Nuggets because that's. You know, anybody from Chicago, that's tend to be that, – that's what happened. That's exactly. Got, that's exactly. Jerry Krause came in, ruined him. You're right. had to find somebody else. You're right. And, by, and I, there's – okay, first of all, uh, Bojo's is not spelled B-O space J-O-E apostrophe S. Okay, first of all, you misspelled that. Second of all, you said, hate to break it to you twice. Okay, <laughs> so just learn how to write better emails. And third of all, I can tell – Brandon, that you are an idiot. <laughs> For a couple comments. Okay. You said you just can't get good pizza here, meaning Denver, which is absurd. But here's what I, I figured it out. I figured out what these people are expecting when they come out here. When he says, I will admit there is one exception, Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza. <laughs> It's not good pizza. Yeah. Bojo's Pizza, they call them mountain pies. It's kind of like the Rockies right now. They're giving our mountains a bad name. I don't know when Bojo's Pizza became the pizza of this state, but it's not good pizza. I don't like that pizza. It's not, it's uh, inedible. I, I remember being a kid and going up to Idaho Springs and liking it and eating it. And you take the honey and you dip the crust in it. But I went up there about a year ago and it was not even edible. Would you call this like the, the Casa Bonita? Yeah, it's exactly like Casa Bonita. It's exactly. Did I just say Casa Bonita? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like Casa Bonita. <laughs> yes. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought that food was good too. But no, Bojo's Pizza, first of all, just because you make a pizza and you put a pound or two pounds or three pounds of... They don't even use real cheese there. Fake cheese? They use uh, cheese food. Oh, no. That's really? That's what it's called, yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I know this I'm now. I'm Bojo's. I was just about to defend them. I'm oh, out. Oh, you can't defend Bojo's no. Pizza. Cheese Bojo's food. Pizza. And maybe they changed it over the years. Maybe, uh. it, you know, until I, you know, when I was a kid, maybe they were using real cheese, and now there's multiple locations, and you don't have to drive to... Idaho Springs and oh. but 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 Bojo's Pizza first of all is not good food. So Brandon, because you think Bojo's is good, I must assume that whatever you used to back home in Chicago, cheese food is, is just fake cheese food bowl Ugh. garbage. And I I kind of have a, a comparison to make. Growing up, I my mom makes lasagna and it's the best lasagna in the world. Everybody loves it. It's delicious. And I, every time I went somewhere else to eat someone else's mother's lasagna, I was like, this is like, I don't know what they do to it, but it's horrible. <laughs> They're not making it well. It's bad. It's disgusting. It's like, it's just foul. And then years later, as I was an adult, I learned that lasagna is made with ricotta cheese. And my mom has always been, uh, she's not liked ricotta cheese, so she makes her lasagna with cream cheese. Ah, so interesting. it's me growing up 
and hating everyone else's lasagna and assuming that there's only one good place to get lasagna. And that's probably what they got going on in Chicago, I'm guessing. And I know the same thing. I know, I know when you talk about Philly cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, they put cheese whiz on it, and that's fake cheese. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I understand that, that you don't understand what good pizza is. And so when you go elsewhere looking for that same disgusting flavor, you hate it until you go to Bojo's and get that same disgusting 10 pounds of disgusting cheese food product. See, I'm not picky about pizza at all. Like, I like Sbarro, delicious Pizza Hut. They have a great veggie pizza, and it's like, you know, Pizza Hut crust is like soaked in grease. It's delicious. Blackjack, amazing pizza. Uh, I'll even eat like uh, DiGiorno, take and bake. I like Papa John's, Papa Murphy's. I don't really care, man. I'll eat whatever kind of pizza you're going to throw at me. And Totino's party pizzas, <laughs> those are the best. Exactly. And that's the thing is that all, I mean, to suggest that you cannot find good pizza in Denver, Colorado is absurd. Yeah. And ridiculous. this guy proved my point. I was so happy to read this because I have a bone to pick with Bojo's Pizza, and I want everyone to know I do not endorse it. Yeah, it cost them off the old sponsor list, but <laughs> I don't think I'll be going there either. Well, hey, listen, I know cheese food's a little cheaper. I know Coors used to make great beer until they started using rice and corn instead of barley. I mean, that's what happens. You know, you get you get a big enough name, and you got to compete, and you start buying cheap stuff, and next thing you know, you're uh, making people constipated for a year. Fear your products. <laughs> that's too bad, man, but do love the uh, the Nuggets love from Brandon. So. Yeah, and that's cool. And yeah. I've always said people – People move here from wherever they grew up, and they abandon everything else in their life, including their family, their friends, their hometown. But yet they still, for some reason, hang on to their sports affiliations. And just so they can annoy me wearing their Cubs jersey to a Rockies game. But this guy apparently didn't have the fortitude to hang on to the Bulls. And so now he's a turncoat and likes the Nuggets. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, all right, fine, Brandon. I'm glad you're not going to be listening anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. Thanks for emailing. <laughs> July 24th. This one came in today. Nice. The reason why I read this one is because the subject line reads Dumbville, Colorado. Dumbville, Colorado. Dumbville, Colorado. Uh-oh. I had to read this one. Uh, just picked up your podcast this week. This is from – oh, he doesn't sign it. Oh, it's from a guy named Matt. Just picked up your podcast this week and have listened to a few – it's pretty decent. Thank you, Matt. I would say that. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> Put that on the uh, like the quote the book, the book cover. <laughs> yeah, pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, some guy named Matt. I don't know where he's from. Um, he said, okay, uh, it's pretty decent, but that's not why I'm writing. Last week you made some comments about the Second Amendment and gun rights about regard so, – hold on. About the Second Amendment and gun rights about regarding – okay, some gun rights. I'll just go ahead and prove this. Read. Probably you. tapped it on an iPad. <laughs> I'll so proofread this little... for you, Matt. Thanks for good. thanks for this. I'll go ahead and. You can't berate everybody that writes in, <laughs> Ross. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I read these earlier. I didn't notice the uh, grammar problems. Anyway, uh, okay. Last week you made some comments about the Second Amendment and gun rights regarding Elvis Dumb Irville. At first, I thought it was extremely super insensitive to talk about it since the shootings in Aurora. But then I realized that this episode actually came out beforehand, so you get a pass. Thank you, Matt. In light of the fact that 12 innocent people so far have died due to your precious Second Amendment, do you stand by your comments, he asks. Ooh, interesting. Heavy, heavy stuff here, Matt. Um, I think it was me who made those comments, so I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm also, <laughs> I mean, I don't personally right now have... Well, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of shotguns, but they're at, out of my dad's house, but they're yeah. you know, registered to me, whatnot. I don't know. That's Matt. If I'm going to answer your question, I would say yes. I, I would stand by those comments. I, to be honest, don't really see what one has to do with the other. Um, it was a horrific tragedy, beyond anyone's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm not a big fan of the way these, this incident has been politicized with regards to gun rights, but do I stand by my comments and my beliefs about the Second Amendment? Hell yes, I do, and maybe even more so now 
because I don't know if any gun control laws or the, you know if the Second Amendment was repealed. I don't know if any of that could have prevented it. I, you know, so no, I don't. The but, only the only thing that I've kind of heard uh, talked about, which I'm you know I kind of agree with, like why did this dude need or how, why do people need? Uh, what do you have like a, like a semi-automatic pistol or something? He had uh, an AR-15. It's an assault rifle. And then what was the was that the semi-automatic weapon that they had? About? He had uh, an AR-15 semi-automatic assault rifle. He had a Glock semi-automatic pistol and a pump-action shotgun. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm not I'm not totally sure on you know do we need. You know, a weapon that any any person go out and buy that can fire, you know, a ton of – I mean, obviously that guy really, you know, had hurt a lot of people. Do we need stuff like that? Or, I mean, can we just have – can we draw back from that? I don't really – I don't – I have no idea. Yeah, I, and that's – I have my opinions on it. I don't, and, and I guess my opinion is that I – yeah, I think we do need to have those. We need, we need to have the right to buy those. And it's not about – you know, could this, you know, and it's not like, I don't, I don't think it could have been prevented otherwise. You know, even if you ban it, I don't think you prevent it. And of course, everybody has People heard have this talked argument. About it too, that they yeah. could, he could have snuck in, you know, a, a pipe bomb or something like that if he was, if they, if he couldn't get guns. So, I mean, there's other ways to go about it, but. We live in a free society and that free society has added risk because of it. And there's certain things I value above life. And one of those is freedom. And I know that's pretty, pretty easy to say, you know, coming from the mouth of a guy who wasn't in that theater and didn't lose anybody in that theater. And so I probably should just keep my mouth shut. But that's just my beliefs. And and to be honest, I, I, I am a little I mean, it's such a oh God, it's so horrible. Yeah, I remember I, when I got up uh, that morning, one of my one of the first things I do is, you know, check my stupid smartphone and uh, one of my. Uh, moderators at Denver Stiffs, you know, one of my friends went to a Nuggets game with him. You know, he wrote me, wrote, wrote me on Twitter and asked if, you know, I was at the movies last night or anything. And I was like, well, I don't, why are you asking me this? Like, what's going on? You know, so the second thing I did to kind of start looking around and see what happened, and I was just like, oh, holy shit, you know, it was just kind of crazy. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've talked about it on the D and Denver show, Denver Sports Nation. You know, I've lived in Aurora since like on and off since 1999. You know, it's never been. You know, it's always there's pockets of bad places everywhere you go, you mm-hmm. know, and it's but it's never been anywhere. You know, I've, Aurora's not a bad place. No place, you know, where any of this crazy tragedies have really struck have been, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I think you can kind of say that that where that theater was. Yeah, there's probably more. It's kind of odd that it was a it was a white kid there because there are a lot of minorities in that area or whatever. And it was just kind of. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just, just, it's just crazy. a dartboard. You just throw a dart against the United States, and that's where it happened. And that could have happened where he was from in uh, San Diego or Riverside, California, wherever he was from. It just so happened to happen here. you know. And I, it's so easy for people to want to blame it on something. And I just, don't, and, I just think that that guy doesn't represent that community. No, know? he wasn't Not even a part all. of the community. Right. And that's the craziest thing about it is, and I got kind of, I don't know, I try not to get wrapped up in these comments and these tweets and all this stuff and people saying, what is up with Colorado? Like, what is the deal with Colorado? First Columbine and now this? And it's like, okay, all right. Uh, you have to have some sort of uh, foundation, right, of knowledge to understand, you know, the what randomness means and how how you can assess a pattern to something that doesn't actually fit a pattern. If you zoom out far enough, it's not that specific to Colorado. It's not specific to Colorado at all. And in fact, it can be just as random when it happens 13 miles apart over 13 different years as it can if it happens 1,000 miles apart because it has nothing to do with the community here, which is a great community. It has to do with human nature. And so I tried not to respond to a lot of people that were tweeting and making comments and and kind of berating Colorado as this messed up place. And it's like, no, I mean, that's that's not what it's about. And the problem, the, the same thing that's great about the Internet is the same pro- thing that's wrong with the Internet, and that is that everybody has a voice. 
right? Yeah. It's great because everybody has a voice, but on the, on the other hand, maybe not everybody should be having this voice. Maybe right. people should just shut up and listen and learn something instead of using this. And that was another thing I was very uncomfortable with about, about this was that may, I don't think it's just here, but you know, because it was here, that's where I noticed it was that everybody seemed so adept at responding to this immediately. It was almost like you would see the president or uh, the CEO or a company release a, uh, a a statement. It was like everybody had their own PR statement that they released. Yeah. You know, and it was very it's not that I thought what they said was not genuine, but I thought it was disturbing that everybody just seemed to know how to handle it right away. You know, sad and heartbroken about this tragedy. My prayers go out to everybody. And it was like that that's the real tragedy is that we're all so used to this type of stuff that we're just like we just know what to do and know what to say and know how to be politically correct. And and I God, I hope it you know, it doesn't happen again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I think you know, and then you kinda you start to hear the good stories and you know, something I'd I'd heard on the radio that morning was you know, the guy had said back to the Columbine thing, he's like, I can tell you the two gunmen's names, but I can't name one of the victims. You know, uh, I was like I was like, Man, that's true. So I I mean the one thing you do hope that comes out of this is that you do remember more of the victims of it, you know, like this Jessica Redfield, the you know, the bright aspiring sports journalist. Um, you know, you hope that she gets remembered more. And I was following her brother that day because he flew in well. from Texas, and, you know, I'm reading his blog updates and stuff. And I'm like, that's what we should be focused on more so is, you know, the, the boyfriends at the theater that they said were jumping in front of bullets for, you know, girlfriends or strangers, strangers helping strangers, you know, the kid that, you know, sat with the, the, the woman with her kids that were there, you know, and made sure they're okay at the hospital and stuff like it's pretty remarkable. And then you see, you know, the Denver Broncos go to the hospital and visit people. Uh, Christian Bale flew into Colorado today. He was visiting people. So, I mean, Batman comes to, comes to yeah, Aurora. Christian you know? Bale visiting you in the hospital. It's almost worth it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm clearly that's it. a joke, but Christian Bale or Bale. Yeah, he's a I mean, monkey guy. Yeah, pretty cool of him to come in though, you know, and just take his own time to to do something like that. And almost always, when I hear about something like that, I get cynical and I say, "What kind of self serving bullcrap is this?" <laughs> right. And then, and then you, you realize, okay, there was no media allowed. It wasn't even sure if he was there. I think I'm pretty sure he was. Some Twitter pictures have been coming out from yeah. You know, kids in the in the at the hospital and Swedish medical staff and whatnot. Right, and then I realize, okay, this is the Tuesday. After the opening weekend, they already cleared their $160 million. He wasn't going out there just to try and get people back into the theaters. This was had this had nothing to do with him trying to save the the revenue from this opening weekend. I you know just from the timing of it, they made their money, and he I'm sure he honestly felt for these people, and that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad he came out, and that's a cool thing for him to do. I thought that was a pretty sweet deal as well. But now let me ask you this though: if you were in the hospital and you got a Batman to visit you, yeah, who would be your number one pick? Out of the Batmans? Out of the Batmans? Oh, dude, Christian Bale. What? That's oh, one. God, the Clooney all the way. Clooney, <laughs> definitely. What are you like a twenty-one-year-old girl? I'm a thirty-one-year-old man, and if you don't want to hang out with Clooney as a thirty-one-year-old yeah, man, Clooney's then you're cool. out of your mind. Clooney's pretty cool. <laughs> He's the coolest well, dude I, ever. I mean, are we saying? I guess I should have rethought about that because I'm, I'm thinking of just the coolest Batman, and it's obviously Christian Bale is the best Batman movie for sure. Um, read a huge uh, George Clooney was probably the worst Batman yeah. by the way yeah and that was the worst out of the movie. group of them all he's the coolest dude but. I read a, a huge piece on Grantland.com about Michael Keaton he did a little coffee interview for a while so I read about him and I was kind of like he seems kind of weird so maybe you know, <laughs> he's always been kind of interesting you know because he was like in the limelight and then out of it his real name is actually Michael Douglas and that's what he goes by his license says Douglas and everything oh but he couldn't pick it because couldn't, couldn't of, use it of SAG or whatever yeah. interesting so, yeah, I would say, yeah, man, probably probably George Clooney. Who's yeah. before that? Who, who do we have? Michael well, there's Keaton. Michael Keaton. There's uh, uh, Val Kilmer. 
Val Kilmer. Oh man, uh, I might choose Val Kilmer. He's I would have in like '95, you know, around Heat when he came out. But since then, he's doing movies with what? Fifty Cent was that the movie? He did? No, that was Ray Liotta. Oh, you know what? I'm ninety percent sure Val Kilmer has done a movie with Fifty Cent in the past five years. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. makes sense. For some reason Val Kilmer and Ray makes Liotta sense. fell off the universe, and now they're like just doing low budget movies. Yeah, and then it was. Uh, it was uh, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and then George Clooney, I think. And then George Clooney just torpedoed the whole franchise for like 10 years. Yeah, and they're like, we need to tear this apart. <laughs> and then Christian apart. Bale came in. So, awesome. So, again, and by the way, uh, mentioning Jessica, it was, it was Jessica Redfield, right? Her real name was, was it, right? Uh, yeah, her Redfield that she got from her grandmother, who was uh, right. an aspiring journalist herself. Her last name was time. Gowie. Yes. Um, she... Yeah, it's it's just so sad. Yeah. And so, all, you know, a lot of love to those people and their family. And Jordan Gowie, like you had mentioned, just came out here. And the one thing he's been trumpeting is remember the victims. Let's not make this guy into what he wants to be, which is this celebrity for the, all the wrong reasons, you know, for for murder and mayhem. And, and he's the biggest coward, one of the biggest cowards, you know, just like all these cowards. And and I yeah. don't. There's no excuse for it. I don't care if it comes out that he was bullied or disenfranchised or whatever. I, I don't accept any of that. You got to take responsibility for your own life and get yourself the help you need at some point. Yeah. You know, you got to take ownership of it yourself. And you know, the kind of the good thing that comes out of this. I don't know why it takes you know horrific acts to make a community come closer, but that's exactly what this has done for people. Is it's it's brought people closer together. It's getting people. You know, even when they're responding to stuff in social media, I think a certain percentage of people, it's making people think twice about what they say. It's making people, I think, be more positive, be nicer to one another. So that's something that, you know, I think people should do anyways. But you see it in these horrific acts that have happened over the last, you know, 15 years or so. You know, it does bring people closer together. So that's one good thing that does come out of this. Yeah, it's funny, you know, about three or four years ago, um, I started, uh, I was working, um, it was a pretty long commute from where I lived to where I worked down in south of the tech center. And so what I did was I started taking the uh, public transportation. And I'd never really taken it before, and I was taking express bus downtown and hopping on the train and taking it down. And, and um, you know, it was great, but there was something I noticed about being on a bus or on a train with strangers. Same type of thing when you're in an elevator. Everybody just kind of stands there and doesn't really make eye contact. There's, there's no greeting, right? There's no yeah. hi, how are you? Um, you know, very rarely does is there something like that happening. And then something will happen outside of that. Say, you know, like on a bus, some drunk guy will like fall onto the bus and then stand up and then you know, fall off the bus and, or, you know, something like that. Just something happens or maybe, you know, there's a car accident that you see and or maybe it's not even something, you know, bad. It's just something interesting happens. And then all of a sudden that happens and then it's like instantly everybody in that bus or that elevator all of a sudden kind of wakes up and realizes there's other there's other people. Yeah. And, and then you kind of make eye contact like, did you see that? Like, what, just, what, what the hell is that? You know, it's almost like you, you know, you need that something to kind of wake you up and take you out of this zombie like, you know, trance of not wanting to talk to other people. But then when that does happen, that's what that's kind of like what people need to bond, you know, and 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 that is what kind of society needs. And that's what ha- what happens in these types of instances. Is, and that's the positive side of humanity where if something bad happens. Humanity kind of wakes up and realizes we're amongst all these other people. And we need to pay attention to them and and listen to them and be friends. And it's the same reason why, you know, like there's hazing in fraternities or on football teams is because, you know, relationships forged upon, you know, a a traumatic experience are the most or the strongest bonds people can really have. And so that is you're right. That is the positive. That is what I think this community is going to do moving forward in not just Aurora, but the entire state of Colorado and probably even beyond that. And uh, so uh, enough of that. Enough of that talk. Enough right. turkey. Time for stuffing. <laughs> enough turkey. Time for stuffing. <laughs> we were talking a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that before. 
made that one up that's a couple <laughs> years ago it's a classic that's good well uh so uh we were talking uh before we started recording about uh the way nicknames happen yeah with athletes specifically guys from other countries because you with the denver stiffs and your community there you are in this position kind of a unique position uh to kind of get to pick his nickname for Yvonne Fournier? For, yeah, Yvonne Fournier. We got Did few... I not mention his name? Yeah, I think you just, I don't know if you just said guys from overseas. <laughs> I just said, you get to pick his name without guys even from saying overseas. It. Yeah, Evan Fournier, you get to pick his name. And uh, that's interesting to me. Yeah. It, that's a lot of pressure, right? It is, and it's it's typically not something you can really, like, just pick or throw out there. It's like, usually you just kind of throw something out there and see if it sticks, you know? And a lot of times people just be like, no, and... I don't did, really you know pick, uh, did you pick uh, Birdman? <laughs> I did, yeah. Birdman, all me. <laughs> give me give me some money, Bird. Well, it's kind of like with so that the... that $9 million you got coming for not playing, I'll take the mill. <laughs> it's kind of like that Carlos Gonzalez thing when he came on. I don't know. It must have been a writer that picked out Cargo. Or maybe it was... It's like either you know bloggers or writers get to do it, or maybe the play-by-play guy gets to, but certainly you guys over at Denver Stiffs have some influence into this. Yeah, we're playing, you know, I think last year, like Jordan Hamilton's, I, I meant to ask him about this when I talked to him. I'll have to, uh, next time I see him, I'll have to ask him about this, but so he's got the, the Twitter handle, Ham, you know, and of course, Ham means hard as a mother effer <laughs> from the, uh, I believe Kanye West and uh, Jay-Z song, whatever. Did not know that. Yeah, so he's got Jay going ham, and then we kind of started saying that, you know, in, our, in the comment sections on the blogs. We'd, I'd mention it in my write-ups, you know, about the games, and I'd start seeing it in the comment sections. So now he's just kind of known as, like, Jay Ham. Or if he's actually playing in the game, people would be like, oh, man, I wonder if Jay's about to go ham or something, you know. So he just kind of toyed with that from his Twitter name. Uh, Kenneth Freed, you know, people say this isn't how you should have a nickname, but it's perfect for him. He has Manimal and supposedly made it up himself, or he's trying to say that one of his friends made it up for him. But you kind of see these younger guys coming into the league. You have, you know, Anthony Davis, who's refusing to shave his unibrow, and he's just known as, like, the brow or unibrow, whatever. Which he's trademarking? Is that yeah, right? so, I mean, you see him with that. You saw Freed last year introduce his Manimal. He's selling T-shirts even before he gets drafted. And then after he gets drafted, he really starts, you know, pushing the nickname you know, his teammates are calling him bounce, but still manimal sticks, you know? So it's like the younger guys are trying to market them themselves with stuff that they can sell, you know, these unibrows, these manimal T-shirts. But So for Fournier, you know, Jeff Morton's thrown out fours for him. Uh, I just wrote something up on the blog. I was, it's too obvious, but I was just saying, like, Mr. French, you know? So you'll kind of see, like— I had uh, a gym teacher named Mr. French in seventh grade. Yeah, it seemed to remind me of something like a Quentin Tarantino Ooh, cool. movie. Is there a Mr. French from a Tarantino flick? There was one, some actor years ago from England that had went by a Mr. French in some show, but... Yeah, Mr. French. That sounds good. So you never quite know how these things come about, you know? I mean, is What it... about Mustard Man? <laughs> French is mustard? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> the Mustard Pardon Man. Pardon me. Do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> He's not Emma a hot Fournier. dog, but he likes the mustard. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> He's not a hot dog, but he likes the mustard. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, these I things are very like, hit or miss. I guess any, like, <laughs> uh, allusion to frogs is out of the question. Yeah. Do the French people hate being called frogs? <laughs> I, would, I would think so. My dad used to tell me my dad's Canadian, and they would call, like, people from Montreal, like the French Canadians, they'd call them frogs. I don't know if that's, like, very offensive or not, so I apologize in advance <laughs> anybody gets upset. I'm not worried about offending French people. Yeah, what are they going to do, really? I've, I've looked at our stats. We don't have very many French <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but they say we're going to probably with Fournier. I mean, they're going to – once he starts playing, you know, you'll see more people from – from France, you know, listening to this podcast, searching out, uh, you know, a Nuggets blog to start getting involved with the fan base. We saw it with Timothy Mozgov. We have the Russians, you know, with Danilo. You have Italians. We had Brazilians with Nene. So it does happen. So you will see that pick up. And that's kind of the cool thing about, you know, this day and age and sports interaction. We're going to have French people listening? Oh, oui, oui. Man, we better class it up. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna grow a mustache and maybe wear a beret. <laughs> I'm gonna get a cigarette holder. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pencil thin mustache. Yeah, yeah. Let's class this place up. I once tried that. I 
Marcus Camby always had like a just above the lip mustache, right? And you could tell that he because when they zoomed in on him at free throws, you could see he had he had shaved it. So I don't know why. Years ago, I just like you know let the facial hair grow a little bit and then tried to trim it down. <laughs> Let it go for about three seconds, then I just shave the rest of it off. So I was like, man, that looked terrible. Here's the thing. Okay, first of all, you need to know something. And this is good. I'm, I'm going to teach you a life lesson. Okay. And this isn't about generalizing any races or anything. But black people don't, they go to barbershops. Yes. And so they're. So do the Jersey Shore boys. They do. Okay. So they're not in charge of sculpting their man beards. They're. they're pencil thin jawline beards and their pencil thin mustache goatees okay so you attempting to do this in your bathroom mirror with a, like a mock <laughs> i don't yeah, even know if the mock, mock three was three. out yet it's not going to turn out right and i'm not even saying if you went to a barbershop it would turn <laughs> no, out no right. it wouldn't have but all i'm saying no. is these guys have professionals and they go to professionals and that's what they that's how they get this whole look accomplished yeah that's true that is true. And I remember my favorite, one of my favorite NBA Carmelo, players. Carmelo or Marcus Camby probably had a barber in his entourage. Oh, yeah. You know. There's one guy that, well, no, that was Deshaun Stevenson traveled with a tattoo artist. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, they, and then they just got one guy who just knows how to cut hair, knows how to do the fade, knows how to trim up the beard and the goatee and Did all you ever that. remember Anthony Mason from the Knicks? Oh, yeah. He had, like, all I, that I stuff, like, designs in his head. I remember the Beastie Boys hated him. Oh, wait, or they liked him. They no, probably liked him. They hate, oh, yeah, they liked him. Are they from New York, BC Boys? For some reason, I'm not Boston, Brooklyn? but I think you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, New York. They're from New York. Yeah. Oh, God, so, but Auntie Mason always had those sweet designs. You yeah. Know? And I was, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And then, not to be confused with the guy they showed the other day at a Twins game who'd shaved his back hair into a baseball jersey. Said, <laughs> that doesn't sound like Minnesota to me. You see that? It said Mauer with the number seven on the back. Oh, my God. That guy had a lot of back hair. Oh. Oh. He's going to be cold. He better oh. grow that back before the winter comes. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for or my whole family lineage for not having back hair. Gosh. <laughs> That has to be just horrific. It's not like there's not a solution for that. Uh, you know, I wonder if insurance covers laser hair treatment. It's interesting. Uh, no, it's probably just yeah, Everybody I know that's got the back hair problem <laughs> is bald or balding. I had a roommate uh, from college, and he had, the, he had no line. He had no breakage between his neck beard and his <laughs> chest hair. So he'd shave one in so he could have one, but you could see, like, you know, if you didn't do it every, like, probably day or every other day, you'd get, like, the stubble there. So I'd be like, you know, we'd catch it when we're playing, like, video games. would be like, you don't have a, a line there, do you? You're, sha- you're shaving that line. He's like, yeah, I'm shaving that line. I'm like, oh. You're like, hey, pube neck. Oh, man. Get out of here. That was bad. Just the whole the whole thing. So anyway, I've never been able to grow sideburns, so I've always been pretty, oh, pretty sad about that. Me too, man. What's God. up with that? I always wanted to rock a pro back with some sideburns. Totally unfair. <laughs> totally unfair. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, um, how do I have three pages of notes? I don't even have anything else to talk about here. No. Um, what, uh, what else you got? We done here? Yeah, we might be done, man. We got, uh, we'll probably talk next week about the MLB trade deadline in the Colorado Rockies, see what they do and don't do. Yeah, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that out. Uh, kind of a cool Dude, thing. Uh, doesn't training camp start next week, uh, this weekend? Like Thursday? Uh, probably. I need to Dude, check that out. open your eyes, man. Haven't seen an Adam Scheffner tweet for days. Is, what did you call him? Scheffner? 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 Scheffner. Oh, you know what? I probably stopped following him. Yeah. After Peyton Manning. <laughs> I probably need to refollow him. I unfollowed a bunch of NBA writers during the draft because they were tweeting out the picks as they were happening. And we were down at Pepsi Center, and I'm like, I want to see it on TV. I don't want to see it on Twitter first. Dude, it's July 24th. It is. That means... Football starting soon. That means uh, we're like got to be like thirty or forty days away from regular season football, and the Broncos have Peyton Manning. It's pretty sweet. And it's going to be nice to only have to maybe talk Rockies for like five minutes. I don't know why you keep bringing up the Rockies. Rockies. I already Woo. said Rockies. between the Colorado Rockies and Bojo's Mountain Pie. Two of the most famous things about the state are, are putting our mountain range to shame. Yeah, hey, just uh, just for just for fun here, I was seeing Benjamin Hockman, friend of the podcast, tweeted out the scholarship fund for my friend Jessica Redfield. 
has already raised $25,000. I didn't know there was a scholarship fund for or college scholarship fund for that. There is indeed, Ross. Awesome. Do you have the URL? You guys can donate at it's pulling up here. Uh indiegogo.com backslash official Jessica Redfield fund. Awesome. So that's Indiegogo, I-N-D-I-E, go-go, G-O-G-O dot com backslash official, official Jessica Redfield Fund. You can also find that on Twitter if you go to Ben Hockman's Twitter page. Yes. So I don't think there's any, I mean, we got to, we'll dedicate this one to her and that fund. I did not know her personally. Um, I did uh, follow her on Twitter. Um, That's about all I can say as far as that but I, after reading about her afterwards and it's just it's just the worst it's just a tragedy it's so sad and uh i think it was uh peter burns and uh jordan gowey who said it best let's not let's not focus on that coward what's his name i'm happy to say i don't I even can't know think it. His name, i don't know it well, let's not even sad, say i it. can't remember anybody's name but uh yeah that coward uh let's not focus on him he is a zero, and this girl had a lot of potential, and, and her legacy is going to live on. Yeah, and How's all the other sound? people that were you know, injured, killed in those shootings, stay strong, Colorado. Yes, CEO. All right, let's get out of here. We'll be back. Uh, what am I saying? I'm trying to steal your line. Yeah, man, don't say my line. We'll be back next week. <laughs>